Well, good morning. It sure is good to see so many of you out here and our online family that's watching this morning as well. Ah, it's just been, this has been a whirlwind of a year. I've so enjoyed it. It started out, I'll be honest, with it was rocky. And, and I'm sure for a lot of people, it wasn't just me, but you know, I'm, I'm talking about me because when I talk about me, then I don't get offended about me. See? <laughs> ah, and, and, you know, and it was, but did you know that really by the last quarter, God had turned so many things around for me, in me, and through me? And God is in the business of turning things around for us. You see? Uh, what you see as the current situation. Listen, there's always a current situation. There is. There's always a current situation. It's one or the other. You know, it's, it's this or that. What keeps us focused and what keeps us stable is the fact that our God doesn't change. His Word doesn't change. His Spirit doesn't change. It doesn't. What it does change is that it maneuvers us, it changes us so that we respond differently to this or that. And so in any one situation, in any one this or that, really when you understand that He doesn't change, He is the anchor that is, then you're anchored. And if you haven't been anchored, the good news is because this anchor is also merciful, He always allows us more time to get anchored. In other words, this is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is the day of salvation. The day after is still going to be the day of salvation. Well, then why do we want to do it today? Because if you do it today, you enter into the benefits of salvation sooner. It's why. And so the, the sooner you enter in, the sooner you enter in. You know. Um, so I've, 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 just, I've just been really, enjoy- I've been stateside this whole year. I've been stateside this whole year and I've really enjoyed it. It's given me a lot of time to sit and think and do stuff and uh, be around people that I needed to be around and, and get into rooms that I needed to get into, you know. And that was the other reason why this is my third time out here this year. Uh, and so it's just been so good. Don't you know that out of everything and anything can come something good? Yes. Yeah. It's a question of how you look and what you allow. You see, how you look is what you allow because that's going to draw you that way, you know. Um, I, I have been burning, really been commissioned by the Lord. Uh, I've told you all this before, how in 2015, I was up at the hotel coming to church here to preach and I had an encounter with God as real as anything else. I had an encounter with God and it took me two years to pray it out. And it took me two years to even talk about it. I, didn't, I came to church that night. This is, this is 2015. Came to church, didn't say anything to anyone. Pastor Lynn, I didn't say anything to anyone. I just, I couldn't. I was shaking under this so much and so strong. But what the Lord told me was that, was that there was a fresh wind of the Spirit of God getting ready and is blowing across the earth. And this fresh wind would activate and rejuvenate and revitalize the manifestations of the Spirit spoken of there in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, and those manifestations uh, in the right makes and in the right manifestation and in the right uh, cooperation would release and bring into the forefront again the ministry officers over there in Ephesians 4, the apostle, the, uh, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. And then the Lord said to me br- to bring my supply. Now see, back before that, I would just come, do my thing and just go right on back. But after that, after I started praying was when I started making plans to bring my supply. Did you know that God, can, God is still in the business? If you, if you say Jesus is Lord, then He still is in position to send you on, on missions. 
and part of bringing my supply. And I'll be honest, back then when he told me, bring your supply, I wondered which supply. I did, because I would go to different churches and have a different supply each time I went. I could just easily come to a good church with, a, with good teaching, just like you all have here, and just start flowing. I could go to places where there had been no teaching and teach. I could go places where there hadn't been no church and start one. And I actually thought, now, Lord, what do you mean? What supply? Which, which, because, you know, there's different supplies for different places. But I think that the supply that the Lord has, has most graciously graced me in is to bring a supply in a room like this where there is a, where there is a strong balance of the Word and the Spirit of God. Because in the environment of the Word and the Spirit, we grow up. And God is in the business of growing the church up. We call that discipleship. Did you know that discipleship is a lifelong pursuit? Did you know that in order to make disciples, you have to be a disciple? So people who are not being made disciples don't qualify to make disciples because you cannot make what you are not. And so I've just had the privilege everywhere I've gone, different places I've been, of being in that flow where I get to be in rooms just like this and talk and then allow for the Spirit of God to, to move. And, and really, that's what I see is necessary all around the world, and that's what I see God is doing all around the world, is He's raising up Spirit-hungry believers. Now, I, I know it's good to be word-hungry, and I'm word-hungry, and I know you're word-hungry. But I'll tell you this, you can get so word-hungry that if you don't make room to be spirit-hungry as well, that word will stale on you. Wow. How, how, what, what proof do I have of that? What scriptural proof do I have of that? Because we're so word-hungry, we want scriptural proof. I'll give you some. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see the Pharisees who had given their lives to the preservation of God's word. And yet they couldn't recognize the one with whom the scriptures spoke about when he was standing in front of them. You gotta have the word and the spirit. Now I I I love the word. I study it, I teach it, I got a little bit of an education in it. I I it it's I, I enjoy study. But I'll tell you this. All that study will lead to nothing but a big head and an empty heart if you don't allow for the Spirit of God to move in you. And at no point should we educate our head at the expense of our heart. Because if you had to choose, if you had to choose, choose educating your heart over your head. Because you see that in Peter, now you know that on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, you know that Peter wasn't in the back room preparing what scriptures he was going to be quoting when the Holy Spirit fell, because he didn't know the Holy Spirit was going to fall in the first place. But because he was open to the Spirit, the Spirit brought alive the Word that was already there. But if he had only been open to the Word and not the Spirit, it would have dried. Now listen, don't walk out from here thinking that I'm saying all oh, you need is spirit and you don't need the word because that's not what I'm saying. You need them both. Everyone hear me. You need them both. You need to have the word and the spirit in equal measures. But the point is you have to have them in equal measure. So I just started bringing my supply to different places and I just love how the Lord has graced me to be able to do different things with different ones. Many of the people that I do meetings with and for right now, I kid you not, as a kid growing up in Singapore, I listen to their cassette tapes. 
cassette tape. I listen to their cassette tapes. And so I pinch myself anytime I get to speak anywhere where I'm in a room with people that, whose tapes I used to listen to. You know, I'll tell you the truth of the matter. I pinch myself anytime I go anywhere to speak. I'm like, what? They called me back? I'll do it. <laughs> I'm still surprised when people show up, you know? And so part of that discipleship process, part of that, part of that bring your supply process, um, uh, was me writing books. I wrote my first book. This is my first, this is my first, thank you. This is my first English one. I've had books in other languages. Strangely enough, I've had books in languages that I don't speak. So this is my actual first one in a language that I do speak. Now listen to this. This is, this is on pre-order right now on Amazon. So on Amazon, look for Releasing the Miraculous. Online people, I'm talking to you. Releasing the Miraculous. But um, because you all are so special and so dear to me, and I mean that, uh, I had the publishers ship out a certain number of copies for you guys right here. If this is your first service, they don't have many left. Um, they're almost sold out, but grab them while you can. And if you cannot, Amazon, releasing the miraculous. And while you're and 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 and, and again, listen to this. I'm not I'm not doing this. I don't see this as product to sell. I see this as a part of an extension of, of what God has called me to do. And I see it that way. I mean, I would come for years and years and not have a product table. Nothing wrong with having a product table. I just didn't feel a need to bring one because I figured you already had all the good teaching you needed anyway. So why add to that? You know. Uh, but I do see that there is a generation rising up that again needs to hear about the gifts and demonstrations and manifestations of the Spirit of God. We again need to hear that. And those of us who have heard it before, we need to hear that again, again. Why? Because anything we keep in front of us, uh, by, by the way, there's no such thing as secondhand revelation. Revelation doesn't live past one generation. Every generation has to have fresh fire for themselves. They've got to hear God for themselves. And if you're, if you're living on generations from generations past, you're dead. You need to hear God for today. And so I found myself many times, I've been positioned with where I could go with the generation that had gone before me and pray with them, and be in meetings with them, and then I would go to the generations that had come after me, and I would be able to pray with them and lead them to some different things. And so when the Lord told me to start putting books, and this is the first of many to come. This is the first of many to come. We've, we've got them lined up. Uh, come to you know, this book took me like three and a half, four weeks to write, and the reason it did was because I was traveling in between, and I, I didn't have as much time to concentrate as I would like to, but I, but I wrote it in a way that was conversational like everything else I do is, you know? Uh, like, this is my actual voice. So, like, if you met me outside at, I don't know, some restaurant, this would be how I speak. And this is kind of how it was supposed to be. I think that there's something happen when you can just be normal but make room for the supernatural while you're at it. I don't think we have to, I don't think, I don't think I have to have a deeper voice for God to move through me. I mean, if I had a deeper voice, that'd be nice, but I don't have one. <laughs> and, and, and so, um, when I understand, when I look back and see what God did for me and how He's positioned me, 
I really feel like, Lord, Lord, if you could do that for me, you can do that for anyone, <laughs> you know? And so part of understanding, the, the book is about spiritual manifestations in the realm of the Spirit, which is kind of my, my, my favorite place to live. Turn in the Bibles with me real quick, come on, while we're at it, so that no one can say that we, didn't, we came to church this morning and didn't turn to our Bibles, you know? Wouldn't want you all to say that. First Thessalonians. Five. Let me show you my life verse. This is my life verse. Everything I teach comes from this verse. First Thessalonians 5. Now may the God of, verse 23, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. This is my life verse. Everything I teach comes from this verse right here. And may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. So notice now he's going to give us the biblical, godly, divine definition of completeness. Listen to this. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, so notice this division of spirit, soul, and body. Now, your body is this thing that's sitting in front of me right now. Your body is the most temporal part of you because your body changes. Your hair changes. Mine certainly has. <laughs> and you all have loved me through every change. <laughs> your, bo your body is the part of you that is awaiting its final redemption. By the way, that's one of the purposes of the rapture, because at the rapture, you get your incorruptible body. So at the rapture, the, the cycle of salvation, the cycle of redemption is complete. So it is true to say that we were saved at the cross, our spirit was, we are being saved, our mind is, and we are going to be saved, our body will be. So there is a three-part salvation to this. I'm not going to talk about that. That's soteriology 101. We're not doing that this morning, but I just thought I'd throw that out there for you. So our body is the part of us that's the most temporal, the most likely to change, the most that has to change, and the most that is going to change. Now, our spirit, we all know that. Our spirit is the one that got, is, is the part of us that got instantly and immediately uh, uh, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus the moment we said yes to Jesus Christ. Our spirit part of us is the part of us that God intervened to, 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 to come into our lives and save us and deliver us because from the spirit comes everything else. But listen to this. In between the spirit and the body is this thing we call the soul. Now, your soul isn't your spirit. Your soul is your will, your emotions, your intellect, your memories, your imaginations. Primarily that, that five. Will, emotions, intellect, memories, imaginations. And these five elements of your soul, listen now, determine what of the Spirit passes through to be manifest in your flesh. So your soul is a vital part of you. Listen, I'm a believer that, I believe that as believers, as believing believers, our soul should increase just like our spirit and our body should increase. In other words, I believe that we ought to get sharper just by because we're, we're believers. We all ought to be sharper. Why? Because we've got the life of God flowing through us. Now, your soul part is the part really that you're working on right now. Your primary battle in life is your soul part. Because your soul part is the part of you that engages in the world. Your body will do anything your soul will tell it to do. Your body will do anything. Listen, I woke up 
oh, I woke up at 4 a.m. last night. I've been up since 4. And when I'm up a long time, I preach longer. <laughs> I've been up since 4, and as I was laying in bed, I suddenly thought of the food that they had left me in the fridge. And the more I thought, the more I thought, the more I thought, it wasn't long before I found my feet followed my thoughts and my mouth followed it too. <laughs> because your body will do anything that your thought brings it in the direction of doing. You see, anything. It'll just, it'll just it'll raid the refrigerator at four and eat all the candy you want in there. I'm not saying that's what I did. I'm saying that some, I heard someone else did that, but I'm just not, I'm just, you know. I'm just, uh. So your soul is, is really the, 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 the part of you that you're dealing with in that sense, that you're handling. And that's why the renewing of the mind is an ongoing process. You cannot have renewed your mind. You have to be renewing your mind. That's why you need to be at church every time the doors open. I know you could study the Bible on your own. I know that the Spirit of God is with you when you're on your own. But also, if you've been reading the Bible, you'll know that the Bible says that God has placed apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers within the body of Christ to teach and mature us. We all need to have those ministry gifts speaking to us. I do, you do, we all need to. And so the soul part of us can determine how much of the richness that we have in the Spirit be manifest on the earth. So in the process of discipleship and in the process of teaching, we renew our minds, our souls, so that we allow for more that's happened, already happened in the Spirit to be manifest out in the flesh. You see that? Now, having said that, so here's where I'm coming to. Here's where I'm coming to. Traditionally, we've taught that making disciples really is all about teaching, preaching the gospel and then teaching people about Christian principles. It's, it's, how I've, it's how I've always heard it and how I've always understood it. But the more I walked into the Spirit of God, the more I understood that that could not be all. Because why would God just want to disciple us? Listen now. Why would God just want to disciple us in the Word but not disciple us in the Spirit? How could it be that God would just want to disciple us in principles of the Word, but then when it comes to principles of moving in the Spirit, leave us to go figure it out on our own? How could the Holy Spirit be the teacher that He says, that Jesus says He's going to be, if all He taught us was principles of godly Christian living, but then not teach us principles of how to move in the Spirit. How could that be? Listen, the cycle of discipleship is incomplete it's all, if all you have is Bible teaching. It has to include moving in the gifts. It has to include flowing and giving into the anointing. It has to include how to yield to the Spirit of God in prayer. It has to include all of that. 
And there is a generation, and I say to you, you are part of that generation, but there is a generation rising up who are hungry to be discipled in the Word and discipled in the Spirit, and to move and to flow and to manifest in the things of God and to have all of the Spirit of God manifest through them. And you and I, we get to be it. So, the, the manifestations of the Spirit, when you understand spirit, soul, and body, uh, when you understand spirit, soul, and body, you understand why the manifestations of the Spirit spoken of there in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, you understand why uh, uh, Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, said, now the manifestations of the Spirit profit all. Because they don't just profit you spiritually, they don't just profit you uh, 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 physically, but they also profit you in your soul realm. Did you, did, you know, did you know that the manifestations of the Spirit can bring healing to your soul, your will, your emotions, your intellect, your memories, your imaginations, just as it can your spirit and your body? Yeah, Jesus even talked about that over there in Luke 4, where He said He heals the brokenhearted. Yeah, did you know that there, I come to find out that there is, there is an aspect of the anointing that can heal broken hearts? Now, I don't mean that we've got to be in counseling for 40 years and never get any better. I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about that. But there is an aspect of the anointing that can heal us. Now, obviously, there's going to be renewing the mind that has to come in. But, but listen, you've got to renew your mind even if, 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 if it was only just a physical healing. You still got to renew your mind. Why? Because the renewing of your mind part, that's going to be a lifelong pursuit. So turn your Bibles quickly with me. Let's, let's jump on back to 1 Corinthians. I'm not just teaching on this because it's the topic of the book. I'm teaching on this because it's, it burns in me. So we got to have believers yielded to the Spirit of God. But in, the only way we can be yielded to is if we know what we're yielding to. How can you yield to something you don't know if you don't know what you're yielding to? You know, how could you cooperate with, 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 with a blank nothing? You've got to know who you're cooperating with because every, every form of cooperation... Listen, even in church like this, every service is different. And with every service, you've got to know how to cooperate with the anointing that's in the room. So in other words, if you've got a, if you've got a teaching gift come in, you've got to learn how to cooperate with that teaching gift different from you would if it was a prophetic gift come in. And if you don't, listen, if you don't, you'll miss out on that flow. Because in that service, instead of teaching that you wanted, it might have been a prophetic flow where he could have brought, where he could have wanted to bring and release a couple of words out. And you're holding on for that teaching part of the service and you miss out. Or it might have been that you came to church expecting to run around and all they did was do teach. And you walked out disappointed. You were like, I had my running shoes on and I was going to run. And that, that music didn't even get me going. No, you've got to learn to come in and flow with the flow. That's part of the school of the Spirit, where you learn to flow with the flow, you know. Because let me tell you this, the flow is going to flow anyway. You might as well go flow with it, or else it'll flow without you. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I have a real easy job when I come to services like this. I don't try and start anything. I just try and find out what God wants to do and jump in on that. I, I don't have to try and start anything, you know. I mean, if, if you all were here at the conference that Pastor, Pastor Dustin was talking about, that we had, you know, and we had all those young people down front, boy, I tell, is it available online for, the, for anyone to see even? If it is, you all ought to go see that. Man, we had this place packed out with kids, 
crying at the altar and praying and, and, and everything. It was that kind of service. It was just that kind of service. We didn't have to do much. You know, we, we didn't do anything. Good. They, that just was what God was doing. And so we just gave in to that. You don't know how much of a relief it is to just let God be God. You, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, the, 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 the relief and joy and ease that can come to life is, comes with this big revelation that He is God, I am not. That was my major deliverance right there. And, and it'll be for anyone else who's listening. By the way, you, you couldn't be a happy person if you're a perfectionist. It's, it's, it's one thing to want excellence in what's going around you, but if you, if you try to have everything perfect all the time, listen, perfection only belongs in that other realm. You're not going to have it here. For one thing, you've got relatives. Okay, now, <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. I just thought of that. I apologize. I, I meant it, but I apologize anyway. <laughs> I Oh, my Lord. These are the kind of clips that are going to be playing about me 40 years from now at some anniversary somewhere. Crazy hair. Look at the things he says. First Corinthians 12, you found it yet? If you haven't, you have to wait for the next service. Now, now concerning spiritual gifts, the word gifts there in the King James and different Bibles is italicized, meaning that it's not in the original. So it really says now concerning spirituals, the word there is charismata, which means grace gifts. By the way, everything about God is grace because He's graceful and gracious. And, 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 and if you receive the grace of God, you'll be graceful and gracious too. Huh? And so he's, these, these manifestations we're going to talk about are given out of grace, which means they're given freely. Don't you love it when gifts are free? Because when gifts are not free, they're not gifts. Think about this. The manifestations of God are given freely. There is nothing we could do except allow for and yield to. Well, I don't know about that, Pastor. I mean, I was up there fasting 40 days and praying 40 nights and all that kind of thing, and then we had a move of God. No, listen. Your fasting 40 days and your praying 40 nights or whatever else it is you did, what that did was that weakened you so where you could no longer be fighting Him when He didn't want to move which means it wasn't about God not wanting to move. It was about you being stubborn in the first place. Fasting is good, but if you've got to starve yourself to be obedient, that speaks about you. I, on the other hand, like tacos and ice cream and still be obedient. Now, I'm not anti-fasting, and you for, you for sure know I'm not anti-praying. You know this. But on the other hand, if your faith for a move of God is in your fasting, your faith is in the wrong place, because that puts it on you and how much food you're willing to give up. And, and, and by the way, 
if that were the criteria, how many days would be sufficient? Would it be three? Would it be four? Would it be that magical number of 40? 40? I, mean, I mean, what? Where's, where's... It isn't in here. There isn't anywhere in here that says if you fast 40 days... You... The, the Bible doesn't say fast and you'll receive. It says ask and you'll receive. Now again, don't want anyone mad at me. If you feel like you need to fast, fast. But fasting breaks you down to where you're open to Him. And if that's necessary, go for it. And if you need help, Pastor Dustin will join you. I know he will. He'll stand with you on your 40-day fast. He'll, he'll do it right now. Won't you do it? Yeah, he will. He's just that kind of pastor. I don't know why I do these things. I'm just not against fasting, but I am asking for people to question why they do what they do. Well, I'm going to wake up every morning at five and pray. Great. Do you know why though? Well, because if I do that, then God's going to no, 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 no. That the beginning of that already tells us that your faith is in you waking up at five. God don't care what time you wake up. He doesn't. He, it, it, it's not in there. Now, is it, good to, is it good to develop a discipline? Yes! Is it good to develop a discipline of, of saying, God, I'm going to set aside this much time every day? Yes! Is it necessary? Probably. But my faith isn't in my disciplines. See, where I'm, see do, you, do, you, do you see that? Please do not walk away from this, online or otherwise. Don't walk away from this and think, well, just, just great. We don't need to fast. We don't need to pray. We don't need to wake up ever. <laughs> because that isn't what I said. That isn't what I said. Listen now. That is, listen to the whole recording. That's not what I said. What I said is we've got to understand why we do things. Because the why, you can be the same with, with communion, you know. You've got to understand that communion must remind you of something. What does, what's it supposed to remind you? It reminds you of the broken body of Jesus Christ. That's why he said, broke the bread and said, take and eat. You, he's doing the breaking, you're doing the eating. If you don't eat, he can break it all he wants. It's not going to do you any good. You see? So, in, and in studying the way I study, which is the way I study, I like getting to the whys. I'm, I'm clinical about these things, you know, like, why do we do? Because many times as believers, we do and say things and then we pass it on to the next generation and neither generation knows why and what we're talking about in the first place. And when you don't know anything, then there's no power in that. So again, I believe in fasting. I believe in waking up to pray. I believe in communion. I believe in everything else you could say I, I believe in. I probably do. But in order for that to produce in us, you have to know the Why? It isn't enough to just do things for the sake of doing things. The why that God moves, the why that He's the God of revival, the why that He's good to us is not because of how many meals I skip or how many hours I give to prayer. All of that tunes me. And if I need tuning, tune me. 
That's why the word says to humble yourself. Listen, you want to humble yourself. You don't want him humbling you because if he humbled you, you would be humbled. It's a whole lot better for us to humble ourselves than to position ourselves to where someone... And usually it isn't even him humbling us. Life will humble you if you don't humble yourself. And when life humbles you, I'll tell you what, it will not be a secret humbling either. We're all going to find out how you've been humbled. You know, so I want to I wanna, I wanna humble me. I want to humble me before you all find out where I need humbling. Right? That's what the word says, see? So, so a lot of these concepts, if, if, listen, if you're in the middle of something and you're fighting something and you feel like you need to fast, fast, because that will give you more time to be in the word and more time to pray. That's the right thing to do. But your fasting isn't the key to your breakthrough. You're giving your attention to God is the key to your breakthrough. And sometimes you got to fa- Listen, I've got... You guys are going to be surprised. I've gone for... I've, I've, I've actually done an m M&M fast before. It was long. <laughs> I have. I fasted M&Ms. Because I had a thing for... I had, I had, I had, that's past tense. I had a thing for chocolate. I kind of still do. <laughs> I haven't been totally set free from that yet. And so I wanted to be free from that. And I knew I couldn't pray myself free. I had to shut my mouth and not eat M&M's and get free. So I fasted M&M's. You know, was the Lord pleased with that? I don't know, but my, my, my waistline certainly was. <laughs> So you, you do what you got to do, but you got to understand why you're doing it. Yes? Yes? So 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, verse 1. First, now concerning spiritual manifestations, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, it, it grips me that this church at Corinth had all of these manifestations happening. Listen now. They had all the manifestations in operation in their services, but they had no teaching about it. Which means that the manifestations were in manifestations not because their faith was at a level of expecting, because they had no teaching, and we know that faith is a result of listening, because Romans 10, 17 tells us, so that faith comes by hearing, and they weren't hearing anything. The manifestations were in manifestations because God gives good gifts. Now, our faith positions us to draw from and cooperate with, but it doesn't stop God from being God. So, 1 Corinthians, you see them in the Corinthian church. They had all this stuff going on. They had all the nine operations. They just didn't know what to do with it. And so that's why in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, I need to talk to you about love. Because love is what makes the spiritual manifestations stick. Why? Because love was why they were given in the first place. God gave them out of love. And I dare not degrade what God gave me out of love by offering to pay for it. I dare not degrade God that way. If He gave it out of love, I ought to receive it in love. Anytime anyone gives you something out of love and you try and pay for it, you're degrading them. And so they had no teaching about it, and so they were going wild and crazy, but the manifestations were manifesting. 
And so Paul wrote 1 Corinthians to try and soothe things down, help them, uh, disciple them. In ha- I love this. This is, this is the basis for my book. You can be discipled in how the spiritual manifestations can manifest. What's proof? Paul did it over here in 1 Corinthians. He was discipling them on how to have spiritual manifestations by writing to them. Now, if that could happen for them, how much more do we need in our day and our age to be discipled in spiritual things and have spiritual manifestations manifesting again in our lives? This isn't something we need to ask God to do because these gifts have already been given. They couldn't be gifts if they had not yet been given. How could it be a gift if you haven't given it to me yet? All we need to do is learn about them so we can cooperate with them and get the full benefit of them. That's where discipleship in the Spirit comes. That's why coming to church just like this, coming to meetings just like this, coming to every service whenever the doors open, that's why it's necessary in our discipleship process because in that environment and in that realm, we are discipled into another move of the Spirit. We're learning how to cooperate with, give into, yield to, receive from, give into. And every service has a different flow. And every service has a different aspect of that same anointing. And every service has a different, different, different emphasis that the Spirit of God is trying to bring across. I say all this because all of that falls on awareness. I think I understand why Acts chapter 2 you see the explosion you did with the 120. I don't think so much that it was that the Spirit had to... uh, uh, Well, let me say it this way. I don't think so much it was that the Spirit had to enter in with that kind of force, but that the disciples had gathered and stilled themselves and quietened themselves and possibly even fasted. I don't know. It might have happened because they, so, they were so seeking. They were so earnest. They were so, they were so pursuing. And you have to understand, they didn't know who they were waiting for. They didn't know what they were waiting for. They, for, they didn't even know when they were waiting for it. They just were waiting because Jesus said, Wait. And, and in that place of obedience and yieldedness and giving in to God, they were so open to any manifestation that when the Spirit came, He instantly could move on all, all 120 of them. Now, notice what was the first thing He touched when He came in the room. Now, James tells us later on, that other James that we're talking about, that other James tells us that the tongue is an unruly evil that no one can, that no one can tame, no one can contain. Notice this. Notice that the first thing that the Holy Spirit took a hold of was the tongue. Why? James also tells us that wherever the tongue, that is the tiny rudder of a ship, that as the tongue goes, the life, the ship goes with it. And so the Holy Spirit, and so the Holy Spirit took a hold of the tongue because in taking a hold of the tongue, He took a hold of their lives. See, the Holy Spirit knows how to get it done. He knows how to get it done. Didn't, didn't take a hold of their hands, their feet. No, he took a hold of their tongues. And when he took a hold of their tongues, it wasn't long before Peter got up and preached the first message of the church and 3,000 got born again. Yeah. 
listen, this was the same guy a couple of chapters before he just denied Christ. This is the same guy, same guy. This was the same guy a couple of chapters before. He's crying when he hears a chicken crow. You know, I mean, he's like, that's, but yet the Holy Spirit. <sighs> Acts 2 and chapter 4. Uh, Acts, Acts 2 and 4. <laughs> Acts 2 and chapter 4. <laughs> Acts 2 and 4 is a turning point in spiritual history. Because from Acts 2, the manifestations of the Spirit in fullness of the nine manifestations all started manifesting in everyday pe- people like you and I. That was the break point. That was where it started happening. My heart, and I say this reverently, my heart, because I know this is God's heart in this, is that believers rise up and allow for room for the manifestations to start manifesting in their everyday lives again. I know this is God's will. The fact that you have entire chapters in Scripture all about this. The fact that you see these manifestations scattered throughout Scripture. Old Testament all the way to the New. Uh, and, and, and I did a lot of research. I, I listed all the different places where, where it manifested in Scripture and everything else. And it's just all in there. Listen, you would have to be dishonest or else not be able to read real good if you ever thought that the manifestations ended with the apostles. It's not in there. The manifestations were never about the apostles. The manifestations were about, were about the Holy Spirit, and He's still here. And He's always going to be here, even into the tribulation, and that's why even into the tribulation, you see signs and wonders. Because he couldn't be removed. Why? Because he's God. How could you remove God? If he, if he was removed from any one place, he would no longer be omnipresent. If he were not omnipresent, he couldn't be God. So signs and wonders is not about people. It's not about offices. It's not about individuals. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about a relationship with him and yielding to him and giving in to him. And as long as he's around, and he is, as long as he's around, we will have manifestations of the Holy Ghost. There will be pockets of hungry people anywhere all across the earth who will hunger for him, who will yield to him, who will give in to him. And in doing that, he will gladly flood that room again and shake it for all is good. And you and I, we get to be partakers of this move. Listen now, I'm almost going to close. Notice I said almost. Almost. You've got to start somewhere. I'm starting now. Turning in. You and I, we get to be a part of this move. And I'm convinced we are in the move of God. We are. In eternity, we'll look back and we'll see all that's been happening. I mean, we might not see it all now. We, we, we maybe see more low points than we do high points, but I'll guarantee you, when we, when we step into eternity and we look back, we'll see all the things that God was doing that we didn't know about, all the people He was touching, all the places He was... Oh, we're in the move of God right now. We're in the move of God right now. You know. And part of any move is a demonstration of the Spirit. And you and I get to partake of that. I knew coming in this week, I would not have time to teach about it. 
I knew. I, I knew that the best I could do was exhort and encourage. And that's what I want to do. I want to poke fire in you and stir you, uh, cause you to be hungry again, to be, to be earnestly coveting the best gifts in your life. Well, I wonder which gift is mine. They all are yours because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And when He came in on the inside of you, He brought everything He had with Him. You have access to all, but you'll be more proficient in some than you will in others. Because that's just how life is. You will be more skilled and more schooled in one aspect of a flow than you will in everything else. And that's fine. But what you have to understand is that you have the potential because greater is He that's in you, because you see it in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and because the Holy Spirit's on this. You have the potential of every one of them manifesting through you. Why cut yourself off and think, you know what, that's not my gift. I, I, I couldn't do that. Why cut yourself off that way? Why not say the Holy Spirit on the inside of me? He's the giver of all good gifts and whatever is necessary for my day, he'll draw it out of me and I'll run into it. Whenever, whatever, however, whomever, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us is the answer for everything. But how is he the answer? These nine manifestations we speak of here in 1 Corinthians 12, they are the manifestations that meet every need. Every need you can think of is met with one of those nine, or a combination of the nine at least. Stand with me, would you? I've gone over. I've gone over. The reason why we have to, we have to watch time a little bit more is because of the online services that have to go on, you know. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pastor Dustin, you better come on up and stand. That way I'll remember to end. <laughs> hey, listen, um, I want you to help me with the book. December 15th, Amazon will open up to where they receive reviews on the book. I got to do me a favor and go on Amazon and say something nice about me. I, I, I don't see this as product to sell. I see this as ministry. And so it's from that basis that I'm saying this. You, you understand that? December 15th, uh, um, Amazon's going to open up. You can, you can order it now. You can buy it now. But December 15th is when they're going to allow you Kindles out, Audible. I decided not to do the Audible myself because I thought, I don't know that I can read my own book and then not preach it and go on a rabbit trail like I do all the time. I'm like, no, it's gonna, that's going to be a 40-hour audible book is what that's going to be. And I'm like, no, 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 it's going to be 40 hours. You know, they're going to end up having a whole other book that they didn't buy, get it? And so I believe that we are in that flow. There's too many of you to lay hands on, too little time to lay hands on you this morning. But in the, in the Spirit, there's no distance. In the Spirit, there's no time. And God knows why we have to do what we have to do. He understands that. So here's what we're going to do, and Pastor Dustin's going to jump in and, and, and do what he has to do. I want you to stretch your hands towards me as a point of contact. I feel this so strong on me. It's a mandate from the Lord to talk about these manifestations and bring my supply and disciple in people. So for each and every one of you that's in the room and each and every one of you that's watching us online, live, or any of the archives, 
I'm speaking to the gifts and the callings and the manifestations and the anointings already on the inside of you right now. And Father, in the, in, the, in the place that you've placed me, in the position you've placed me, I stir up now. I stir up those gifts on the inside of you. And I call it forth. Necessary for this time. Necessary for this place. Necessary for this nation. Necessary for this generation. I stir it and call it forth. Tongues and interpretation of tongues, discerning of spirits, working of miracles, gifts of healings, uh, the gift of faith, uh, uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, come forth! And then, Father, I ask for boldness. Boldness to yield and boldness to say and boldness to go and boldness not to go. that a generation be raised up, fluent, my, my. I sense the Father's heart even as I'm saying this. A generation fluent in the Spirit. Fluent, fluent, fluent. Fluent in the mafranos and grenge suliashe. Fluent, fluent. Ah, 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 ah. A fluency. A flu. Oh, men vre ashen dingle asambanglenofrede. Ah, I sense that even in the room, he's stirring a fluency in the mafrano to be able to see and to be able to say and to be able to understand like the sons of Ishakar. Yo anamofrenes and glenda bafredis and oh, ho, ho. My, 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 what, what, uh, when I say the word impartation, I don't mean you receive something from me, but when I say impartation, what I mean is the Lord stirring up what's already inside of you. And there is impartation in the room and activation happening even now. So the next time you have a sense, have a nudge, have an urge to do something, say something, go somewhere, do it! Well, what if I'm wrong? Well, if you're wrong, your motives were right, and God's big enough to cover you. So get over yourself and your fear of having to be perfect. Do it. No one learns by being perfect at anything. That's where leadership comes in. Leadership's here to, to shepherd and steward and help us when we go, when we go wrong, see? I've got leaders in my life that I submit to on purpose, you know. I'll, on purpose, go into a meeting and, 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 and submit to them and serve them, you know. But I stir in you the manifestations of the Spirit of God. I stir that in you. Ah, something like a splitting headache just down the center of your head here. Like a band around you, a headache, whether online or here in the room. I break that over you and I call for, for, for freedom now that leaves you. Kind of a migraine headed type thing. Something about a stomach. A stomach. And not just an upset stomach, but something that's just... Uh, it feels like it's twisted. It, 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 it feels like it's, it's doing this, you know. Free from that, whoever that is, online or in the room, free from that, loosed 
from that in Jesus' name. You say, well, I wish you would call out my condition. Well, right where you are because the Spirit of God's here and in you, if I didn't call it out, take it anyway. You're not, listen, you're not dependent on me to receive anything from Him. Your Father is good with or without me. I don't count in this. Why, why, why would you think that you're dependent on me to receive anything from your Father? That is the school of the Spirit, where you're schooled to know Him personally without some guy. And so I sense this in the room, five minutes. Five minutes. I feel him staring down at me. It's a fight to even stay in the spirit over this. <laughs> sense the Spirit of God in the room, bringing restoration to broken hearts. Touching you for things you could not, you thought you could not let a hold of, let go of. But they did this, and they said this, and they didn't do this, and they didn't say that. I hear the Father say, I was there with you and I held you through that. This is why you're still here today. The Father's embrace, my, my, I sense that so strong. The Father's embrace, it literally hugs away the hurts. Free from the, now you are going to have to renew your mind. You are going to have to get in the scriptures. You are going to have to allow the Spirit of God to speak through you from the Word. Yes, yes, yes. But, but today, today, today's the break point. Today, 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 now. Ah, oh, so many other things I could call out. But thank God for the Spirit of God that transcends all of that. Yeah, yeah, that anointing and that flow still in the room still so strong. Even after the service ends, you can still have the flow of the Spirit right affecting you. Just because we close here doesn't mean you have to stop the Spirit moving in your life and, and, and right where you are. Just, you just don't have to leave from your seat. Just stay where you are. Let, let God go on doing what God's doing in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I stir it up. I stir it up. Every good thing. Every good thing. Every good thing. You better jump in. Yeah. Every good thing. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.